Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Hey, it's me, Dr. Fuck, and with me is... Oh, yeah! Ian Wadley. And it is a Friday episode, and no, I'm sorry, but here, listen. That's the best I can do. I'm drinking out of a plastic cup. That's half empty. I have, uh, yeah, and and uh, see that? He he cracked the he cracked the beer about ten seconds ago, and it's already half empty. No, that was another one I was drinking. Now here's the full one. Hold up, but it's about ready to be empty. Woo! Yeah, full can, like Justin. Anyway, so check it out. This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Did you know that, Ian? Yes, I, I've heard rumors to that effect. All right, then you're not drunk enough. Do we have iTunes reviews? I can't wait. What happened to you people? What happened to my iTunes reviews? I have not got any. But, God damn it! at least I hope we got some YouTube fans that left some reviews this week. I'm well, sure we do. Yeah, YouTube is blowing up, man. We're doing really well on YouTube. All right, the first uh, review is from James West. Uh, from the Sammy Sucks episode, whatever we called it. Okay, yes. You guys make so many good points about Van Hagar. Eat him and smile fucking buries anything they did with Sammy. It's not even close, man. And I consider 1984 a number one album anyways. Of course, it would have been number one if not for Thriller, and Eddie made that album number one by playing on Beat It. Rob, to me, is the best rock frontman ever, and I love Paul Stanley and Robert Plant Jagger, but Rob, in his prime, was untouchable. So there you go. Oh, wow. Very, very nice review. But, you know, he leaves another comment on the same video. Oh. Uh, Dudes, you know, I love your podcast and support anything Ralph does, but I've been busy lately and missed this one. I just ran across some dudes crying about Ian, I guess saying set Hagar fans on fire. Uh, I said, I said, fuck, I gotta listen now. Uh, there's only one VH, and that's with Roth. Fuck Van Hagar. Always loved Tesla and old Def Leppard. Just never cared for sticks and fuck Trickster. Well, definitely check out your new EP, Ralph. Gary Holt is great in Slayer. Now, um, I want to correct this guy. Uh, he says, I heard dudes crying about set Sammy Hagar on fire. No, it wasn't dudes. It was just one idiot. All right. Yeah. So, uh, which leads to the next comment. Um, we, I put up a recent video of, of uh, it's called Mark Calls Us Out. And uh, Mark's, it's like the most idiotic thing. Mark gets on it, you know, and he, you know, Mark's uh, infamous of saying, um, you know, I love you guys, and then burns us. You know what I mean? That's his right. whole thing. Like, then when you attack him back, he's always like, I said I love them. Yeah, fucking idiot. Well, well let's, uh, you, you know, for, for the new listeners, because we are getting a shit ton of new listeners, uh, this guy, Mark Allen Taylor, is a guy who did a podcast with our former co-host, Terrence. Yeah. And this, this guy is a ultra uh, Trump-loving right-wing hypocristian uh, 
who no longer works with Terrence, but did his own podcast, but he took great offense uh, at our Hagar bashing. Yeah, and then he says, he runs around telling people, Ralph hates me because I love Sammy Hagar. But the fact is, I, I mean, Ralph hates me because I love Sammy Hagar. But the fact is that I, I, know, I don't care. And I was on the idiot show, and the fool even like admitted to me that it upset him that I hated Sammy Hagar. And that's why he always does that Sammy Hagar love and shit because he's so offended by me hating Sammy Hagar. So I mean, you talk—he's not only a hypocrite, he's like a hypocrite. Right. He's and, a hypocrite. And, and, and background to what set him off so much is, uh, you loyal listeners, I know you heard this, but for new listeners who may not know, um, we had a listener on, uh, of the podcast who I chastise for buying a Sammy Hagar-related album. And I said, the only way you'll get back in my grace is to burn a Sammy Hagar uh, album, videotape it, put it on, the, on our Facebook page, and then I'll be forgiven. And the guy did this, and it got me so aroused. I mean, almost more aroused than anal milk porn. And I said, now let's take it to the next level. I wanted fans to run up to Sammy Hagar fans and <laughs> and kick them in the balls or or, 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 or set them in, on fire yeah. and film it, you know, and, and post it on, on the Rock and Metal Combat page. And you'll be fan of the week, right? Like yeah, that. I was like, oh God, you'll be you'll be fan of the week, you'll be this, you'll be that. Uh you know, and this guy took it to fucking heart and, and said, <laughs> said like you know, like he's Donald Trump. He's he's like he's like these Mexicans are rapists. You yeah. know, like all these all, all the listeners of the show are gonna actually set people on fire and kick them in the balls. But I'm saying right here, if you do, you will be fan of the week, motherfucker. I don't yeah. care. I mean, honestly, it was a joke, and anybody who didn't realize it was a joke, you have much more problems. Than, than, than me. Well, he's no different than people that pick at concerts or people that blame right. Judas Priest for right. for kids killing themselves. You know, he really thinks that... Uh, and, and I love how he throws me in that. Like, Ralph and Ian, I don't... Like, dude, I... And I already had a problem with this dimwit when it came to, like, blaming me for shit I don't do. Because you yeah. do something, he throws me in the mix. Like, I'm... I... I'm with you. I'm saying that Burn Sam Hagar fan. I never said it, but here's the thing. Yes. I may not agree with Ian as far as burning Sam Hagar fans on fire, but at the same time, I'm not going to stifle him. He's my co-host. He's my ace boom coon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he can say whatever the hell he wants. Just like, you know, you think Ian is going to sit there and get blamed for loving the elder? No. Yeah, that's your problem. That's my problem. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, but I mean, here, here's the thing, and I love this, and this has happened so many times, that people have taken up issue uh, with Ralph over shit that I've said. Constantly, actually. And, and, and it, it's me. And I claim that shit. Ralph is very much more diplomatic and responsible, where I, I'm an alcoholic Irishman. I straight up don't give a fuck about none yet. 
You know, so if, if this happens and I, I say whatever I say, if it's what I feel at the time, I don't give a fuck. Where I was like, oh shit, maybe we shouldn't say that. But fuck it, this shit's funny. No, no, but, I never, I never say that. Sometimes I say, holy shit, I can't believe you said that. But, 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 but a lot of times, Ralph, you do take the heat for shit that I said, and it's hilarious. <laughs> we yeah. haven't even even gotten into the first comment yet on on, on Mark calls us out because I made a yeah. video of him basically talking about how influential we are and how sick it is, how we would encourage people to burn Santa Hagar fans. So uh, this is the last comment on there from Jeff Hallett one day ago. He wrote, the only good Sammy fan is a dead Sammy fan. Yes. All right, there you go. All right, the next comment, and we'll get back to Mark because there's a lot more comments about that video. Uh, Big Bushy, this is what he had to say about the Rolling Stones. I just put up this week, the unedited version of the Rolling Stones Go to Head Soup. Great episode. And he said, I am a big fan of this review for a number of reasons. First and foremost, this is my all-time favorite Rolling Stones album. But also because y'all seem to review this in a different tone than the listener is used to, which I mean is that on every episode, the atmosphere is almost exciting. Uh, but this one, it's more laid back. Two guys talking about this album without the record button pressed. I love it. The depths to which this album was ex explored, explored is absolutely brilliant. And for me as a fan of this album musically, I enjoyed hearing things I just didn't know. I don't pay attention to producers or who actually played on the album. So it was interesting to hear that Keith did not didn't do any guitar on certain songs and such. I have listened to every review at this point, including everything since uh, this was originally released to all the uh, loyal Rock and Metal Combat podcast listeners. And for me, this is gold standard. Oddly enough, goddamn man, when's this shit gonna end? Oddly enough, a few <laughs> weeks before y'all released this to us, the listener, I had done a YouTube review of this album, and I was surprised to find that the list of us agreeing almost entirely on this album, as far as quality or songs go. My favorite Rolling Stones album, my favorite rock and metal podcast review, wow. Uh, keep up the good work, Ralph and Ian. That's right, my name first. I'm loving all the uncensored review releases. So hey, thank you there, Bushy, and, and actually I was just goofing how uh, you left a long review. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, and uh, it is a good I'll, review because that was, and it's a very rarity because Ian never gets me to study shit because I always said, right, you know, because I'm anal and I'm like I'm not <laughs> gonna do that, but I actually did do it for this because, uh, you know, I I'm like I said on that episode, I'm more of a casual Stones fan. I have this hard on for Exile of Main Street. That's the one album that I really do have a hard on for. The others are like, you know, I don't hate them, but you know, I don't really like. Worship and so I actually sat down. I listened to shit. How long did it take me like two weeks because I really wanted it to soak it in Yeah, and, and I'm glad I did because this is an album that I revisit You know, and I yeah. really do like it a lot, you know, and I, I was happy to hear that You know, you, you text me one day saying that uh, you know, even after the review you were listening to it on, on your walk and yeah. and enjoyed it and uh, You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for our audience to open up and listen to you know, Stuff that, that that's out of the norm for what we what we usually do, and that's why it is the rock and metal combat podcast because 
in order for this to go for years and years like we want it to, it's necessary for us to take detours. And as a matter of fact, I mean, you know what episode I'm talking about. But there, there is an episode that's upcoming that is so off the norm. Oh, yeah. Of what we normally do. But we hope you check it out and you enjoy it. Because, I mean, we know most people... You know, even if you're a metalhead, there's still other types of music that you like, even if it's just an album or two, you know, uh, you know, there, there's a certain stuff that you like. And as long as it's in the rock, art rock or metal, you know, genre, you know, we'll cover. I mean, we're not going to do country and we're not going to do like fucking wham, you know, but if, it, if it's between rock and fucking metal, we're going to do it. And, uh, and we're very happy that the listeners come along for the ride. All right, this next one is from our old co-host, Terrence. Uh, this was, I guess this video was my final message to Mark or something? I don't know. Okay. Wait, let me click this for a second. What is it? This oh, is my final message to Terrence. So this is going way back. Let's see when this video comes Oh, is, is, this, is this from the fucking George C. Scott video? Uh, no, this is where we're talking about him. But this is... This was posted January 3rd, 2015, and now he comments on it. Uh, happy to say that since this video aired, that I've reconciled with Ralph and Ian. Ralph was within four months. Ian took two years, but it's done. I am still a fan today. Well, Terrence, uh, you and Ian are, are still in the outs, bro. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, but whatever, dude. I mean, Ian was the one that left you back, let you back in the group. That's right, Mark. He's back in the group. And right. uh, whatever, dude. Just don't get a little too, you know, buddy buddy with Ian. You know, he's uh, like like he explained earlier. You know? Yeah, yeah. I hold shit a lot longer. Exactly. But uh, hey, you're back in the group. Enjoy that baby steps, motherfucker. Yeah, baby yeah. Steps. Don't go too nutty. Uh, and you, and if you got banned, whatever, man, don't worry. Hey, you, you know I'll yeah. be back. <laughs> if you piss me off, I'll tell my minions to set you on fire. <laughs> and they're, and, and believe me, he's very influential. Well, actually, no, no, not Ian. Uh, Ian said it, but it, it's really uh, I'm the one that should take the blame for that. Hmm. Yeah, but, but what did Mark say in the video? He couldn't even say influential. Yeah, right? he said influential. He's like uh, incontinent. And he, call, and he calls Sammy Hagar Hagar. Hagar, yeah. Carass of steel. <laughs> All right, the uh, next the next one is Max Power. Uh, oh, got, I love this guy. Yeah, this I guy's this awesome. Guy. Now he's part of the Facebook page. And very, very, he contributes so much to the yes. Almost Human channel. You know what he does? He does these reviews on, on Kiss albums, and he gives it grades. And then he wants us to give each song a grade. Which I think is very cool. This guy's awesome. I really like this guy. Right. And this is for the Motley Crue uh, Theater of Pain review. Oh. He wrote a fantastic episode that throws in a little extra, a complete rundown of the Motley Crue discography, in addition to the album reviews. Ayatollah, you magnificent, you magnificent, God, I can't even say that fucking word. Magnificent. I, yeah, magnificent bastard. I agree completely on the call out for the group solo. Uh, the guitar solo in Home Sweet Home. Mick Mars is an underrated guitar player and has some killer moments on the crew's early records. I've been thinking about a cock rock issue. It's probably uh, about my my pay grade. Uh, but I think I may have something to add. My concern, my concern is not so much 
with bands or uh, or the genre. My question is, how do you separate the innovators from the copycats? Uh, I I propose a three-tier system that ranks cock rock bands on length and girth. Um, oh, I like that. One, Jumbo Sausage League. <laughs> <laughs> These are the legends who create the genre. All right. Two, Pickle League. These are the two generation bands that are still good, but aren't on par with the originals. And three, ha, Roll of Dimes League. No, half Roll of Dimes League. Uh, these are the copies of copies and true posers. Fuck them. Oh, but, I love I love this review. Yeah. Well, it, dude, you notice everyone he leaves is always top notch. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. These are good. But he, he, he brings up a great point, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes the line gets, bl you know, blurred, you know, with the cock rock shit. And, and I truly believe, like, you know, if I really go back, like, if there's a genesis to cock rock, you know, I would point Kiss as an example of cock rock because it's more hard rock, but it's all songs about fucking and shit like that. But then as it goes on and on, but then you think about the classic era of cock rock, it's like, you know, early Rat and Motley Crue, but then it turns into, like, you know, Winger and, you know, Great White and other bands, but then by the very end, it ends up being, like, Tough and Danger Danger and Firehouse that is so removed from where it came from, uh, but yet you would almost consider it under the same umbrella, but it doesn't have the same impact or substance. So uh, oh, that's a great review. That's a, that's another Max Power review. Huh? Yeah, but 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 he's not done. Oh shit! Now, okay. Now, now, now when you think you can't love the guy anymore, check out. Okay. The, uh, he right. He goes. One last thing, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast listeners, get involved. Write some iTunes reviews or subscribe to the YouTube channel. <gasps> Won't cost you a dime and will only require a couple minutes. Take a break from listening to When It's Love while you're daydreaming about finally getting naked with a girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Keep we got to get this guy yeah. on the show. Keep we up the get great the work, show. gentlemen. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, okay. Max Power, I, I just want to say right now, uh, if you got a laptop, buy you a nice microphone and uh, headphone set, get on Skype. I want to have this guy on the show. I like where he's going yeah, with this. Yeah, man. He's got, he's got a bunch of chopsticks with his fucking and, and And once again, that's something we do that no other podcast does. No other podcast makes fans part of the show like we do. I have not heard one fucking podcast. Like, like you either got to be a, a D-list celebrity or you got to be some kind of how in the know where we don't give a fuck if you Joe Blow. If you got the passion... And, and you can do it. You can be part of our show. Because that's what we are, dude. We're just regular fucking dudes. We're just funnier than most people. You know, you know? I know, I know, Ian, that you really do want guests on the show. And, I, and I, you know, I'm all for it. Like, getting, like, some, you know, uh, celebrity-type uh, musicians on our show. But to me, man, Max Power, I would like him more than a Nikki Six or some shit like that. But I oh, can understand yeah. the numbers. I would, just, I would like him more than Nikki Six. But, I, you know, I, I would rather have... Uh, Phil Anselmo. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have Phil Anselmo or Bobby Blotzer than Max Power. And no offense to Max Power. And Max Power probably tell you he'd probably rather hear those people. 
But no, but no, I I love having listeners on this show, you know, and and some do better than others, and you know, a lot of this is something we've heard from a lot of listeners that have been on the show. They're like, oh, it sounds so easy to do, but when you get on it, you're like, uh, 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 you know, so not everybody translates well, but Max Power, the way I hear these reviews, I can give this guy a shot in a heartbeat. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, and uh, now this is a Skid Row episode, and it's our old buddy, uh, Brody, Downfall. Oh, oh God. And, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what's up with this kid, man. He always... He always says something that, like, it, it irks me. See, here, here's a prime example. But wait, wait, before you go off hold on the guy... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've gone off on this kid so fucking bad, yeah. relentlessly, and where I kind of stood in the back, and then when he finally annoyed me, I was done. And I'm still done. But you go back and forth with this fucking kid. You, you my friend, are a saint... I'm just a fucking prick because once I was done with this kid, I was fucking done. I I hope he has something insightful to say. No, it's stupid as fuck. Look at what he said. <laughs> look at look at what he said. This is a slave to the grind episode. I thought you you guys said he got really pissed off on this. I thought he was gonna yell "fuck you, Ralph," and it never happened. Dude, listen again, you moron. The guy Scott clearly got mad at me. You know, like when I really insulted his wife at one point, where I even thought I went too far. Scott's still so Scott's so mad he won't pay us, but he pays the brothers Grimm to be on his <laughs> and we don't make a fucking red cent. He hides the ratings when Ralph wins. It's bad enough he hit it when I was number one for three months, but now that I'm back to number two, you know, he still won't show it. But he's so mad at Ralph, you know, he'll never hey, show it. Hey, Ian, let me tell you something though. This is true. I honestly believe this. I swear on fucking Black Sabbath, dude. If I was the number one, if I was number two and you'd be number one, I'd still feel like I'm number one. You know what I'm saying? So you should feel like you're number. You're number two. Hey, 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 hey. There's only one. And I'll tell you what. There's there's a lot of DJs on there I love. I love me some DJ oh, Bush. Oh man, and fucking Metal Mike, dude. Met, metal you gotta Mike. love him and Mac. You gotta love these guys. Oh yeah, these are all guys I love. But if I'm gonna be number two to anybody, it's gonna be you. And, and, and that the same way, dude. I, you you know me. I'm competitive. I'm a numbers guy. I always want to be number one. But if I'm number two to you, I got no problem with that because you do an amazing. I'm not just kissing your ass. I'm saying I'm saying that as a friend and a fan. I like what you do. If I'm number two to you, I'm okay. If I'm number two to anybody else, I got problems. Because <laughs> I believe in what I do. And but you, you I, have to, to do what we do. You have to have not only an ego, but confidence. Yeah. You have to believe. You have to be able to sell what you do. Ralph, you are a 50-something-year-old man running a thrash band, you go out there in a doctor's jacket and a fucking Slayer metal spike bracelet. If you don't have all the confidence in the world, you look ridiculous. But if you go out there and you own that fucking shit, you take over the whole fucking place and that's what you do. And that's what we do with this fucking show. But if we don't believe in ourselves and we don't strive to be number one and try to do the best thing, then why bother? Well, I what? think I think. Well, before I, I'll say what I think, 
Um, I absolutely love your show. Uh, even uh, as much as I goof on you in the cock rock thing, I think yeah. that makes it fun for me because I get to goof on you. Oh, <laughs> this dog is chasing his tail now. Unbelievable. Anyway, so, um, remind you of somebody? <laughs> we'll get to him in a second. Anyway, so, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't, but here's the thing. I don't thrive, though. I don't thrive to be number one. Uh, it just happens. But I've been number two many times to the Wadzilla show. So, uh, and, I, and I'm very proud of that because I really do feel like we're a team, dude. Even when we do things, oh, yeah. even when we do things separate, I root for you. I want you to oh, be, yeah. I'd want you to be number one. I'd gladly be number two, you know? Yeah, well, anyway, I, 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 then I, I replied to Brody. He did get pissed with that one wife comment I said. And then he wrote, you trolled them very well, I must say. <laughs> what and then, the fuck? And then I wrote, I love Scott and he gets it, but I went too far. And I do admit it. See, I can admit my flaws, unlike Mark. I can admit that, dude, when I do things wrong, at least I know it. I know I'm a flawed person. I know this whole Mark thing shouldn't be talked about if you're very mature and you're, you know, and if you're comfortable with yourself, just let it go. But no, I, I, I can't. Because you know why, dude? I'm not fucking perfect. And it makes me feel better to fucking call this idiot out. I tried it. I tried to stay quiet with a stupid, uh, you know, uh, renounce God, all that bullshit. But it didn't work. Because, you know, obviously, if you ignore the putts, he's going to keep going until he gets uh, attention. But I don't know, man. Again, I'm a flawed guy, and I might attack him again. But I've gotten to that... I've gotten to that point that I think after this episode, I'm fucking done. I yeah, really, I, you know, I. It, it's it's one thing though if you get called out by by somebody, you know, but but then somebody who tries to act better than you and holier than you when we don't pretend to be anything other than what we are. But this guy is the biggest hypocrite. Goes on goes on air and tells people about how horrible is. Uh, how horrible his life is because his wife left him and he can't believe she'd break that sacred vow when it turns out on the other cheek here's the Christian guy who was cheating on his wife with another girl and he's judging us be just because I want Sammy Hagar fans burned alive yes that that is that and you said it, uh, you know well obviously I, I'm sure you mean it, but while you were saying it, you knew it wasn't going to happen. Oh, of course I said it with a wink and a smile, because I'm a ratings whore. If you go to jail, I don't get ratings. We just recently got the information that the reason his wife left him was because she caught him cheating. Now, this is something we heard. We can't actually say it's true or not, but I will say this. I do find it rather peculiar that... Uh, uh, he, he puts up a picture with that chick soon after the wife leaves him. It kind of looks like he did. And let's yeah. say, and let's just say, let's just say we're wrong. I mean, this person that told us this is wrong and he didn't cheat on his wife. Don't you think it's petty and bullshit that when your life, wife leaves you, you put up a picture with another girl. It's almost like, hey, look at me. I'm with a girl. I'm moving on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's petty and it's bullshit. But uh, the way the, his history record on here, it does it, it doesn't shock me that uh, his wife caught him cheating, and then runs around telling us, "God bless you, dude." 
if there if I did believe in God, I'd be very offended because I don't want you to bless me because that's a one way ticket to hell. Because he, if there is an afterlife, if there is a Satan and God, and I know the Bible, like when you die, you don't go to hell. When you die, you go to eternal sleep till judgment day, and then when judgment day comes, is when hell, you know, you go to hell. This, if that all that shit's true, this guy is going to hell. He's going but to hell. I, I'll tell you what, though. One thing I do have to tip my hat at, though, is unlike Brody, unlike Michael W. Howard, unlike Justin Childers, uh, he did find two women who would fuck him. So I'll give him that. <laughs> you know. All right. Okay. So the uh, the next one. Okay. Now speaking of Mark, that now now's where there's a lot of comments about that Mark calls himself. Uh, this person is called All Out War 5001. Uh, he wrote, LOL, I have no problem with Mark, but his argument is fucking retarded. I tried to explain to him what you guys said was a joke, but it's like talking to a brick wall. I swear, you guys should make another video, explain how retarded he was with what he said. And he's much more likely to listen to you guys than me. As if my calculations are correct, He'll apologize, recognize what he said was dumb, and you lot can be a happy family. Well, here's the thing, All Out War. It's not going to happen. I don't... I, how many times has this guy uh, apologized to me or, you know, said I was right? I mean, listen to the, the episode I was on. The one episode that, that I, I, I was... I don't, I don't regret being on that episode, but it was, you know... I, I called him out, and he sat there and took it and agreed with me that, you know, he's a putz. But uh, Brody uh, left a comment to his comment, and he wrote to him, All Out War, he said, Music news, rants, reviews, the problem is what he isn't sincere. The way he kisses ass when he's on Ralph and Ian's good side is very, very fake. And like this proves he's still mad that they don't like Hagar. So he would jump at any opportunity to criticize them for not liking Hagar. I hated how people get triggered when you don't like something they do. Exactly. And what I what's the, what's so funny is Mark actually said, Ralph hates me because I love Hagar. He he wishes. See, that's that's what Mark is. Mark Mark bashes people for what he is. You know? Constantly. Right. So the next one is from the great uh, metal Mike Tyler, who left a, a review on the Mark thing too. He wrote Here's the thing. Ragging on Hagar has been a constant theme on the Rock and Metal Comment Podcast since day one. If you don't like it, then don't fucking listen to it. It's pretty simple, really, but he would rather be a drama queen. Probably a way to get people to listen to him. Uh, who the fuck knows? I'm just tired to see him come in our chat, which he's talking about, uh, that metal station, stirring shit. It gets really fucking old, actually. And, uh, well, here's the thing, you know, um, he, he, uh, the reason he listens is because he just loves to fucking, he, he worships us. And I know he, he's hating what I'm saying right now, but everything, dude, Mark, everything I say, you know, is fucking true. Uh, but, you know, and yes, he goes into that metal station chat room looking to fight people he's he's just he goes in there you know the other went on your show remember he strategically yes. strategically put up that 
burning Sammy Hagar video right when your show started. He put it up. Then he came into your room, and the first thing he said was, God bless you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just his way of saying, all right, let me write something so they can instantly start bashing me. See, And the, the only reason I didn't ban him right then and there is because it was a rating, and, and I love numbers. <laughs> but I will say, can, can I read one of the reviews from the YouTube page? Yes, you can. This is one uh, <laughs> that... You know, because the, the video you put up was was incredible with the baby crying and, yeah. and oh, God, it was good. Uh, this is one is uh, Corky69. And <laughs> Cor Corky says, and I quote, can you please stop calling Mark retarded? I'm retarded and I had a number one sitcom in the <laughs> 80s called Life Goes On. I'm not some fucking corndog fryer at Disneyland. Uh, do not lump this fucking hypocrisian in with me. Signed on, lick the window, you seat biter. Wow. 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 And that's coming from an actual retarded actor. Obladi. Yeah, Oblada. Yeah. So. Well, there so, you go. Yeah, there you go, Mark. Uh, stop lumping yourself in with the retarded community uh, because they have better jobs than you. Oh, 70 God. miles he drives to yeah. go to work. He drives 70 miles to burn corn dogs at Disneyland. And then he comes back, drives 70 miles home. Yeah, yeah. All right. All so right. remember that Remember that when you're in beautiful downtown Burbank and you go to fucking Disneyland, or no, Disneyland's in Anaheim. Yeah, when you're in Anaheim and you get fucking uh, food poisoning, yeah, it's this guy's fault. Exactly, the guy who brushes his teeth with a hammer. Arm and hammer. Yeah, some people use crest. He uses arm and hammer. And by that I mean his arm and a hammer <laughs> to brush his fucking teeth. Good luck. Uh, you know what he said about that? He goes, uh, you guys are making fun of my medical condition. What's your medical condition? You don't know how to drive to a dentist? Oh, my God. All right, yeah. Downfall leaves this comment on, on Mark's. And this is actually a good comment. He said, by this guy's logic, then people shouldn't listen to metal because they will kill themselves and sacrifice people and Satan. In fact, people shouldn't listen to Sammy Hagar then because the human race would die off from homosexuality. And he does make a good point there. You gotta make it. Um, and then he also wrote, this is actually the first comment that Brody wrote. Of, he was actually the first guy to comment on the video. He wrote, oh my God. How does one get offended by such an obvious joke? In fact, I give you guys free reign to goof on me whenever you want because I know uh, you two don't mean it personally like this idiot thinks it does. Well, actually, you, we do mean it personally, but but it's still a good point. Uh, yeah, I mean, let me say this right here, right now for you, the good listener. If you think that by making a video of you lighting a Sammy Hagar fan on fire is going to make you fan of the week. Well, that's where you're right. That's all I'm, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So if you do it, fucking Dominus Obiscus, I bless you in the name of Dave. Fucking feel free to do it. You will be fan of the week. But when you, if you burn uh, Sammy Hagar, do not inhale because it will give you anal cancer. Yes, that's true. Very, very true. And that's a hard one to get rid of. Yeah, it is. 
Now, the only the only cure to inhale the actual Sammy Hagar burning. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, the next review is for the Iron Maiden, the first album which I put up, which is an amazing one. Oh, loved it. I listened to it the other week. <laughs> Wasn't it episode. so good? Oh, uh, God. Greg Barnes was awesome on it. Anyway. A great, a great co-host that yeah. we will have on again in the future. Guy rules. Uh, okay, this guy is called Nathan Lewis. He wrote, uh, obviously me being the biggest rock and metal combat podcast nuts winner, I heard this episode the day it came out, regardless. Thank you, Dr. Fuck, for adding 15 minutes or so. Uh, we, well, uh, or so we have here. I've been a Maiden fan for my entire life. Having two older brothers, I heard Maiden every day since I was a kid. Power Slave was my first introduction to Maiden, but I've come to love the Vienna era uh, albums and you guys, including the pillow biter Chris Barnes. Chris, <laughs> Chris Barnes? That's uh, the guy from Six Feet Under, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, which is also a pillow biter. Have a, have a way of adding to my appreciation for those two albums, actually. Fact! Carry on, my metal friends. TikTok man. Oh, that was nice. TikTok man. Oh, TikTok man. Yeah, good guy. Good guy. All right. Jeff Harvard again on the Mark video. A world without Sammy fans is a great world indeed. All right. True, true very true. Okay, the next uh, review is from... Uh, Charlton McMillan uh, on rats uh, invasion of your privacy. Oh, nice. All nice. right. He writes, is Black Sabbath cock rock? Is Kiss cock rock? Isn't all rock bands cock rock, hair metal, cock rock, butt rock, glam rock? How about just rock and roll, boys? Oh, and burping into mics is cool if you're 12 years old, fat kid. The rest of us stop watching as soon as you start making sure we are knowing you cool guys are drinking beer. Fist bang. Sounds like you two always get pussy uh, with the way you sound. Wow, girls love getting uh, finger banged. Actually, they don't. And after you are like 14 years old, finger banging shouldn't be part of your vocab. If it is, that's probably why you long for the days you were 14 fist, fist banging some fat girl. Now, I know you, I, <laughs> this is this is what I wrote. I wrote, I replied to him, I said, I can't speak for Ian, but I sure do long for those days. You got me, Mr. Perfect. You sure put me in my place, which is true. You know, I did get in a field position after that one. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't know he replied to it. He said, well, man, I wasn't trying to do anything like that. I just hear people around my age on YouTube channel talk about how they dug classic rock you know the crew rat and even some older stuff as soon as the video begins so do the slurs <laughs> we roll how awful glam was how cheesy the videos were and bitch about good production i have wondered why most will speak highly of bowie though the only song um must know is space oddity well he knows and they will talk about how neat the early 70s glam was but for some reason in the 80s uh that shit uh, it gets shit on and uh without the crew rat rat and yes even poison rock would have died then metallica and megadeth certainly wasn't gonna carry it through mr perfect is quite a stretch but 
I wouldn't review glam albums if I wasn't into glam rock, but that's just common sense. Well, Mr. Perfect, I didn't see this comment, but dude, I liked I liked Invasion of Your Privacy for the most part. I mean, there was some I didn't like, and I don't like glam rock, and I don't consider that glam rock. Ian does. Once again, Ian, I get blamed for what you said. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. I want to fist bang this fucking asshole yeah. with your fucking uh, with your metal spikes. What a wet blanket you are. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Bitch. Uh, my butt wants to uh, reply, too. <laughs> that, sh- that shit's tight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I'm going to finger bang your fucking mom, you fucking wet blanket bitch. Actually, I did reply to that. I just noticed. I said, because people love we have different opinions. It's boring if we agree on everything. You see, I'm very diplomatic. I, what, what is this? This is on the rat episode? i got to answer back this fucking And this prick. guy left like a nice review earlier on whatever it was. Right. There you go. There's a fucking burp, you fucking fag. Yeah, and, by, and by fag, I don't, I don't, I don't mean a guy who sucks another man's cock because those guys are cool. You're worse than that, you fucking bitch. All right. Fuck and this guy. Then, then he writes, uh, "Here's more." On the same, of course, Rob didn't like inva- uh, invasion. He doesn't like glam rock. Why review glam rock? Did I say this already? No. Why do you uh, review glam rock records if you hate glam rock? I don't understand why not just review second-rate bands like Accept, Man of War, or some shit like that. If you hate 80s glam, then Rat is not for you. But for the rest of us, Rat was fucking killer, and it's not for glam rock. Would have been dead since the 70s. You know, here's the thing, dude. I know, I must have said on that episode that I loved the EP and... uh, out of the cellar. So what's this guy? You know, fuck this guy, man. I, I, I think this is like the bass player for Bobby Blotzer's experience. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, John Holt on uh, Slate to the Grind. Uh, laugh my ass off. Uh, the guy that got the shirt with the jizz on it. I don't know what that means. Oh, oh. Uh, remember you said in that episode that some guy, Scott sent some guy some that metal station shirt and had jizz stains on it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that rules. <You> know. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, all right. So then on the on the Skid Row, Charlton McMillan. You know what he said on the Skid Row uh, one? Check this What's... out. Fucking who cares? Here's the next one. This is uh, uh, <laughs> Andrew. Uh, no. Oh my God! I didn't even notice this. Okay. Uh, this is where I put up. It's called. I'm just gonna leave this here. Where. Mark is lying, and I put up pictures of Pinocchio and shit. Mark replied to that six days ago. I haven't seen it till now. He go, This is, you know, me calling him out with a liar. This is what he wrote. He wrote, at least I didn't threaten death to Hagar fans. Piece of work, take a uh, point, taking you guys bitch about Hagar more than, than I say I like him. Hey, we get it, too. You guys hate Hagar. Now move on like you told me to. Now, here's the funny part. I love how he says we. Like, there's actually people that agree with him. And also, another thing, dude, stop listening. We don't give a fuck if you, what you have to say. You're going to sit here and say, we get it, we get it. Dude, then don't get it. Stop listening to it. But you can't, because you're hearing my voice right now, you drama bitch. Charleston McMillan had this to say about Motley Cruz, use it or lose it. Who gives a fuck? All right. Uh, (laughs) Jeff Harlan on Iron Maiden's first album. Great episode, fellas. Got to see them live in June. After a year or so, I still don't really like Book of Souls. 
Fuck the ten minute songs. By the way, fuck Charlton yes, Millen. We agree. Well, actually, I, I wrote that part. Oh, okay. Johnny Vogan on the Skid Row episode. Johnny Vogan, I love that yeah. guy. Ian Skid Row is on par with Bon Jovi. No, the debut is great. Big Gun, Sweet Little Sister, Making a Mess, Piece of Me. Those songs are awesome. But speaking to Slave, uh, Slave, this album is a masterpiece, and the review is like listening to a fatal crash. It's epic. I love this album. Uh, love the threat. Get the fuck out. Chain gang. A slave and monkey business, and I love the ballads, especially Quicksand Jesus. And oh man, where's that one review where the guy? Fuck! Now I gotta go, dude. It's not in here. All right, yeah, it was from Two Stick Sixty Seven. This is what he said on the Mark video. Just to point out that this video has nearly two hundred views. That is nearly fifty percent of the total views this pre-com rock podcast has received on forty videos over the last eight months. And now, as I look at the numbers, it's now actually 363. It had 200 views on the first day. That's when he left that comment. And this is something, Ian, you don't even know about Mark. And Mark doesn't okay. know that I know this. Okay. And this, is, this shows you how pathetic this guy is. Did you know Mark went under a fake name on iTunes? It was something like, I can't remember the exact name. It was like Sush, uh, Rush 2112 or something like that. And he would leave himself really good reviews when he was with Oh, Karen. yeah, 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 yeah. And he went on uh, uh, um, uh, Ironcast bashing them under this fake name. Now, Mark, how do you think I know this? Who also knew it that told me? I'll just leave it at that. But that shows you how pathetic he is. He actually leaves himself good reviews because nobody does. So he figures, well, somebody's got to do it. Let me, let me try to fool the public and pretend I'm like... Somebody that actually likes my crappy show. No offense, Darren, but that show was terrible. Well, okay, before we leave this, I want to read one last review from your, uh, you know, Mark video. And uh, <laughs> this one really caught me off guard. Because I can't tell, it, it's almost kind of a backhanded compliment. It says, and I quote, uh, Mark, Fuck these guys who make fun of your teeth. I did that on purpose because you deserve it. Signed, God. <laughs> Kevin Warhaw, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, is there any much more to say? I mean, I just do, I do want to say that, you know, and I said it on the Facebook page, and I'll say it right here. All this shit that we're doing to Mark now and all this stuff, it, it's not really us trying, like, we're fighting and we're going to get you back. No. I know how to get you back, Mark. It's very simple. All I got to do is stop fucking bringing you up, stop acknowledging you, and you're going to become a dis... You're going to be Shanana part two. Remember what I did to Shanana? How yeah. insane that guy went when I stopped talking about him? So, Mark... That's, that's goes, the same thing I'm going to do to blank blankups. Well, that... that I think you want to talk about that. And, I, and, like, you know, I'm not taking sides... Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not even going to waste my time because that's just a waste of space. And you're gone, and nobody cares that you're gone, and that's that. And you got to live with you, and fuck you, Pikachu. I'll tell you what, you know who I'd rather talk about is the king of shock rock. Alice Cooper. Well, all right, it's time to review the album. And I know this one came out in 2000, right, Ian? Yes, sir. Alice Cooper's Brutal Planet. Would you mind telling me how you discovered this album? 
Uh, well, I just bought the new Alice Cooper album, like I've been doing uh, for years and years. And it had been a while since he put out a, you know, a studio album. I think the last one was Last Temptation, and that was like 94. Yes. So, so six years, uh, probably the longest he had gone at that point in between studio albums. And uh, I liked it. I, I, I thought it was a, a step up from uh, Last Temptation, which was kind of, it was grunge, but it was glossy grunge, and it was a fucking, uh, you know, uh, uh, concept album, which the, that normally never ends well. You know, but uh, I thought he did good with this, but uh, man, not too many people knew about this album. Yep. But, I, uh, I didn't. Yeah, uh, I, I, I dug it. Uh, I definitely like it better. There's one that came after this that some call it a sequel. Uh, I don't know if it's officially a sequel, but the album came out after this called uh, Dragon Town, which I think is one of the worst pieces of shit he ever put out. Uh, but then I thought he'd bounce back with the next couple. But uh, th- this one, this one surprised me, and 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 especially you know the musical direction he took. But you know we'll get into that as we get into the songs. But uh, no, I got it right when it came out. Well, I got it right when it came out. But the way I got it was I used to do a radio show here at uh, the University of Miami, and we used to get promos, and they gave me it, the new Alice Cooper, and I was like, yeah, okay. I took it home and it sat on the shelf for weeks. I never put it on because I got a bunch of other CDs at the time. And by that time, I was kind of burnt out on, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of, I, I didn't really like anything Alice Cooper did since uh, Raise Your Fist and Yell. I liked, you know, a couple tracks off of Hey Stupid and one track off of Trash. And, and I really loved uh, Cleanse My Fire from, uh, from Last, uh, Last Temptation. I really loved that song. But the rest of it was... I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was terrible, but it really, some, some of it was like, I want to get a car, but I can't get a job. Or that, yeah. way, that song is just so yeah. bad. Made and, in America or something yeah, like that. So, so Lost in America. So, Lost in America. So I ended up not even listening to this album. So, and I do remember, dude, I remember specifically, it was a hungover a Sunday. I was all hungover and I was like, ugh, let me put on a new Alice, just get it over with. Let me hear it hear this garbage the guy's just been dude my head was blown and i will go as far to say that only killer last uh killer and um oh what's the one before it with 18 um uh love it to death love it to death and billion dollar babies i will put above this album wow yes i think this is the greatest alice cooper album that does not feature the original alice cooper band i think what he did and i'm not a white zombie hater actually i like white zombie but I think he took the white zombie sound and made it better. And uh, I think he just nailed it. This is a concept album, a concept of the world of, you know, but different facets of the world, like different songs are about different things that go on on this planet that makes it a brutal planet. And I just think he, it's dark, it's menacing. There's some songs that's total Alice Cooper with the Alice Cooper sense of humor. There's the dark Alice Cooper. This is the full package. If anybody out there doesn't like Alice Cooper, I think this is where to start because if you can't get into Alice Cooper, you know you've already heard 18, Billion Dollar Baby, School's Out. So I guess the original Alice Cooper ain't your thing. Give this one a chance because this is different 
It's heavy as fuck. And especially if you like like the heavy industrial stuff. But this one, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's total industrial. It's very heavy metal to me, but it has, you know, touches of industrial, touches of white zombie. Now, there is a blatant Marilyn Manson ripoff on this album, too. But, uh, and I and I remember reading an interview, him saying, fuck, he ripped me off, I'm going to rip him off. But uh, we'll get to that track when we get to that track. But um, I absolutely adore this album. This is an album that uh, I came up with it this morning, because me and Ian had this album planned today, and we forgot what it was. So I, uh, then Ian brought up Alice Cooper, and I was like, oh, Brutal Planet, let's do that one. So I put it on, I haven't listened to Brutal Planet in a while, but I um, I did today, and oh my God, man, it has aged wonderfully. Um, I was just jamming, thinking to myself, my God, this guy was so, I don't know, I can't even think of any bands from the 70s other than Black Sabbath that made an album that had this much of an impact on me. No, no bands from the 70s, uh, uh, ever since, you know, the 80s rolled in. Uh, oh, Blue Oyster Call 2 with Fire Unknown Origin. I guess there's a couple other ones I can think of. But um, a flawless... Well, it's not a flawless album. It's it's flawed. Uh, there are a couple tracks that I'm kind of like, eh, on, but I say 90% of this album is fucking killer. And I will go into specifics after you go into the title track, track one. Uh, Brutal Planet, man. Uh, great fucking opener. Uh let you know right off the bat what you're in for because uh, if you don't get into this you you really gonna hate the rest of it it's very white zombie very uh marilyn manson you know and by that you know just you know dumb down guitars you know the junk, 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 you know shit you know you can play this shit easier than you could smoke on the water but it, it makes it catchy you know and it was very of the time and alice cooper has you know he's been doing that for the last 25 years, you know, after the original Cooper band disbanded, he really just jumped on whatever music genres were popular. And this album is no different. Uh, other than the fact that it, it's pretty solid. But, I mean, there's no getting around it. This is him doing, hey, what's hip? What do the kids dig right now? I can do that. And, and that's what he does with this. It puts his own, you know, twist on it. But his, his twist goes a long way. Especially lyrically, I think, uh, you know, that's the strongest part of this album is the lyrics. Yes, sir. And uh, and, and this is a, a just a great, great opener. Uh, probably, it's in my top three for the album, that's for damn sure. Uh, and what I really love on this is something I normally fucking hate on a song, is uh, like a chick background vocal. And there's a chick that sings on this, her name is Natalie Delaney. Never heard of her before or since, but uh, oh my god, just the creepiness that it adds to the song during the chorus and shit, and the stomp on this, and, and really, uh, I mean, I guess like listen to it now, you could say dated production, I mean it does sound very much of 2000, if you turned on, you know, modern rock radio at the time, uh, but produced by Bob Marlette, who, uh, you know, he did, uh, shit, I, I think he did the two album. The industrial album with uh, Rob Halford and John Five. He also did uh, the newer tracks, or I should say the new tracks, on uh, the Black Sabbath reunion record. Very much in vogue at the time. But uh, 
but I think it works. And, and he co-wrote every song with, with Alice on this. And uh, and I, I, you know, you can tell it's him musically, but lyrically it's Cooper all the way. But uh, Brutal Planet, just a dark song telling you, it's it's really foreshadowing what's to come. And a lot of shit that he predicted uh, has come true in spades. You know, you know I, I, one song in particular I'll get into later, but, uh, you know, it's uh, Alice kind of being ahead of the times of where we're headed and, and people's attitudes. And uh, I, I dig it. absolutely love it. Great way to start off. What you think? Uh, I disagree. I don't think this sounds dated at all. I think it's very modern sounding, even today. Um, I feel like, you know, like, it's just, look, uh, yes, I'm a very big fan of lyrics and and, uh, and uh, vocals. And yeah, there are people that don't like Alice Cooper's vocals. I really disagree. He's got his own style. It's menacing. It's dark. I wouldn't want to hear Alice sound any different way. And this uh, this song, it's very dark Alice Cooper. He's just fucking dark and sinister and menacing. And, and the lyrics in this song are so amazing where... You know, it starts with the whole Adam and Eve thing, and you know, how the world started and how it progressed into this brutal planet, you know, like, you know, like, and, and the lyrics, man, like, here's where we starve the hungry, he's, here's where we cheat the poor, he's where, here's where we beat the children, here is where we pay the whore. Fuck yeah, dude, it's like right there to the point, you know, it's like so fucking killer, like right here we stone the prophet built idols out of mud. Right here we fed the lions, Christian flesh and Christian blood. Down here is where we hung ya, upon an ugly cross. Over there we filled the ovens, right in the Holocaust. Fuck! Dude, to me this is like so perfect and, I mean, I, the only way I can measure these lyrics is how awesome they are, is uh, Motorhead's Orgasmatron. It's like they both and it both pretty much the same subject, you know, the, the cruelty that this world has had in its history that is so said so eloquently and so to the point, no fucking, you don't need no fucking Bob Dylan or Shakespeare bullshit. This is right to the fucking point. And it, that's the way it should be. You know, I don't want to second guess what he means. I, if you're going to talk about how fucked up this, this planet is, he does it perfectly. And yes, those female vocals on here are so perfectly uh, added to the song. It really does, you know, because it's such a brutal, ugly song. And then you have this angelic voice, you know, that, that's singing through it. But, you know, because it's like, you know, it's just like, you know, it's, it's also the, 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 beauty, the beauty of the world, you know. The world is such perfection. It's just like paradise, a truly grand creation. From up here, it looks so nice. You know, it's almost like, you know, an angel looking down on the planet. But it's a real dark fucking song. And uh, and it's the perfect way to open what I feel like is, you know, almost the Alice Cooper masterpiece. And I'll, I'll even go as further to say this. I think Brutal Planet is the greatest album in the 2000s. Wow. I don't know. I got to think about what's happened since 2010 to 2016. But this is the greatest fucking album that that has been released in the last possibly 60 years. Definitely in the 2000s because I did compile a list uh, back in 2010 of my favorite albums of 
the 2000s, this one was all the way on top, man. And there were wow. some great albums that came out, but this one is just, oh my God, you know? It's just so perfect and it really speaks to me. It really hit a nerve with me. And it's like, you know, like, uh, uh, you, you can bring up like, oh, so-and-so started this, but then, you know, like the Beatles took what Little Richard did and made it the Beatles, you know? And I feel like Alice Cooper did what Rob Zombie was doing and made it so much better. And I am a, a Rob, uh, well, a white zombie fan. The Rob Zombie, he lost me, uh, you know, after he left, you know, he disbanded white zombie. But yeah, this is uh, something a Rob Zombie can never, ever do for me. Uh, a song like this and an album like this. So I'll take track two, which is uh, Wicked Young Man, right? Yes, sir. This song was very much lyrically of the time about Columbine. And what I really love about this song, it shows, it, it, it tells you the truth too at the same time because it's like anti-media. This, this song is so anti-media because it took what the, what was really going through the kid's head, uh, where he says, it's not the uh, movies I see, it's not the games that I play, it's not the movies I dig, I'm just a wicked young man. And you know how the media blames video games and they blame Marilyn Manson and they play they blame uh, the Terminator for all this shit, but dude, the truth is, Adolf Hitler didn't have none of that shit back then. Jack Ripper wasn't playing video games. You know, Attila Hun wasn't fucking uh, listening to Marilyn Manson. What's their excuse? There's, there's fucking, there is an element of savage humans out there that nothing in the outside world influenced them to do anything except their deranged mind. Like the guy that killed Dimebag, you know? Are you gonna play Pantera for, for, you know, it would be totally retarded. Oh, he was a mega fan of Pantera, that's why he killed him. That makes a lot of sense, right? Let me, I love this band. Let me kill this guy so they make no more new music that I love. <laughs> so, so, Wicked Young Man, and it's so killer. The, the lyrics, the pacing of it, you know, uh, I, I, write, I, I read Mein Kampf daily just to keep my hatred fed. Uh, you know, I, I, I lay in my bed dreaming when everyone is dead. Dude, come on. I mean, you, you do have that, that person or two on your Facebook feed that has the right shit like, I hate the humans. Ah. You know, like while we're taping this and this is gonna be, this is gonna be uh, aired much later. But uh, while we're taping this, this is the day after George Michael died. I'm not a fan of George Michael. And I feel it's kind of pathetic how everybody loves George Michael all of a sudden. Well, I never heard a goddamn thing about George Michael. But there's also the element of people that are putting up memes. Like, oh, he'll never dance again. And, you know, all these kind of mean things. It's like, dude, you value... I don't like George Michael, but dude, have a little respect for, for human life. The guy, guy never did anything but, you know, ask for gay sex in a fucking men's bathroom. Like, that's really a bad thing, right? I mean, I don't, I mean, unless he didn't lock the door. You see, I always lock the door because I'm human and I have decency. When I go to a fucking uh, men's room looking for some some gay play, I lock the door in case a kid walks in because I'm a human, I'm a decent human being. But my point is that there's a lot of people like this, even today. This ain't no sign of the times bullshit. Wasn't there just a school shooting not too long ago? Yeah, there's one like all, every week. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it is going on and on and on. And, you know, the only reason we didn't have school shootings 
when we were kids because we didn't really have that much accessible gun guns back then. Even though there were some here and there, it just wasn't blown up by the media because the media is so different today than it I was back I, then. I, don't know. I, th I think we just weren't that fucking stupid. I mean, because there's always been school fights. You know, and I remember a couple kids maybe might might have brought a knife just to like look bad or to show you, but we never thought about stabbing nobody. We just beat the shit out of each other with our fists. You know, well and that's what we, that that you know? is that is true. But you also have to put the element, and and boy, does the internet ever express this a lot? Yeah. That our generation, you know, and I'm not speaking for you because actually, I, believe it or not, you're an exception, and it's kind of shocking to me that you actually turned out to be a good parent. But the most, for the most part, parents suck. And they, they raise their kids to have no respect for people, no respect for authority, and no respect for the value of human life. Uh, there's a lot of hypocrites out there that do uh, do as I say, no, to, no, not as I do. You know, I mean, how would you like to be sitting in your classroom some idiot come in and blow your brains out? You wouldn't like it, but yet you feel like doing it. That makes you a hypocritical douchebag. And I applaud whoever fucking blew those fucking kids' brains out. Because uh, people like that should not go to jail, should not go to rehabilitation, straight to the grave. Straight to the fucking grave. Because if you have that much, I, I don't want to give you a fucking chance. I'm sorry. People, you, you kill a fucking little kid. You should die. Period. No, oh, he came from a crummy household. No, fuck him. And kill his parents, too. That's what yeah, I Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I'm glad you added that. I'm, I'm like, kill, kill the parents, too, because you know if your kid's fucked up. Yeah. You, you, you know, and you know if, I mean, if you, even if you're a shit parent, you know if there's something off with your kid, and you know when you should, like, make sure, well, uh, let me make sure this motherfucker never gets a gun because there's something wrong with him. And we all knew kids that there was something wrong with them, you know, but... Well, there, there are the exceptions of parents that send their kids to get help and it didn't work. Those parents should live. At least they tried. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Just put it to me and I'll let you know if they need to die or not. But I'm sure those Columbine dickwads, you know, didn't uh, didn't have good parents. And, you know, the same thing with the, with the Judas Priest trial. Those kids that kill themselves trying to blame the band. Oh, give me a break. Blame yourselves. You know? Yeah. Because I, yeah. I did look into that case and neither one of those kids were sent anywhere to get some fucking mental health, you know? Right. But I love this song. And this song, it, it, it really, again, it's to the point, you know, I'm the devil's little soldier. I'm the devil. I got a blueprint of the school. I'm the devil's little soldier. I'm the devil's little tool. That's so fucking badass, you know? I love it. It's so dark and and real and it was of the time lyrically but you can you can add that to today man i love wicked young man great fucking song you uh i say what it loses for me musically it more than makes up for lyrically um now this one it's like where brutal planet worked for me on every level on this when i hear another one it's just it's weird <clears throat> weird for me here and this music with with Alice, it's this kind of uh, dumbed down music, and I think I'm, I'm more I'm more harder on it now than I was at the time, because this is what a lot of shit sounds like. And even though there was a lot of shit that came out back then that I didn't really care for, there was some stuff, you know, like I I was totally listening to like Static X and, and you know shit like that, you know, that had that kind of just 
it wasn't like the guitar we grew up with. It was just like this basic ka-chunk, ka-chunk, you know, that shit, you know, that fucking, you know, corn really started. You know, this just simple, like, drop D fucking chugga, 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 you know, take all the fucking skill out of it kind of shit. But, uh, I, I, I do like the song, but but it's definitely a case of, uh, you know, Alice and the lyrics save this song because if you gave this same music to, to Static X or fucking Power Man 5000 or whatever was big at the time, it, it would have been a totally forgettable track, but in Alice's hands and, and what he does with it vocally and lyrically, uh, you know, totally saves it in my opinion. Hell yeah. But, but uh, let's go into the next song. I'll take this one, which is Sanctuary. And uh, this one, I, I, I like the... I think the music is better, and I even like the lyrics even better than the last song. And I, and I love the lyrics of the last song. But I really like Sanctuary. And this is one where I think it's a little bit more uh, foretelling is, is what to come. Because it just talks about this, you know, this kid isolating himself and wanting his own space. And, uh, and I, I think that's what you get now with, you know, the, the, this Facebook generation. You know, and both of us are very active in, in Facebook, but we, you know, we have we have lives before it, and we have lives outside of it. But there's also these people who like are are like Facebook warriors, you know, that just you know that they they have as little interaction with the real world as possible, and can't wait to get home and to get into their own little you know world where they feel safe or they feel like they have power. You know, like, you ever been in one of those groups where they got that, like, uh, uh, you know, that person that's an administrator in the Facebook page, and they just live to let everybody know they're an administrator? And then, I'll get you thrown out of here! I'm an administrator! You know, <laughs> when you know they have no power in real life, but uh, for all the great, and there are a lot of great things about the internet and Facebook and how it can bring people together from all over the world. There's also anything that that big. There's also a lot of negative, and I, I think this song kind of talks about how people can get just isolated in their own world that is not reality, but becomes their reality. And, and I, I just thought that you know, listening to it now and seeing you know how things have changed in the last 16 years, and uh, it, you know, it's uh, I, th- I thought it was very. Uh, uh, very eerie to see how you know like wow that really fits in with a lot of people we know <laughs> or think we know <laughs> you know that's a lot of things there's a lot of people we know and talk to every day that we don't really know right you know or might or probably wouldn't hang out with in real life and there's a lot of people we would you know but you know you really don't know everybody you're dealing with and what you know what really makes them tick or what could make them fucking you know, blow the fuck up. But uh, I, I really dig Sanctuary. What do you think? Oh my God, yes. Uh, but I gotta say, I like it as much as the other. I don't think musically it's any better. But yeah, the, the lyrics are just right spot on. Uh, very dark. It's a, the lyrics of a pessimistic guy. You know, and I love like, you know, and some of the things is kind of true. Like someday I want to get out of here, get myself a suit and tie, get a job and a car and some insurance because I'll probably die by the time I'm 40. You know, that's, a lot of people are like that. A lot of people do die young from living that kind of like, you know, 
that 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 nine to five stressful pace, you know, in a in a in an office, you know, in a cubicle, fighting traffic to get there in time and stressed out of their fucking mind, drinking coffee doesn't help. And you know, and I guess I'll get, you know, two point three perfect kids and if I work real hard and die real fast. They'll all turn out just like me. Well, yeah, they will. If you have a life like that, if you live a stressful life, either you die or you just have a miserable life. And I know a certain girl I know that works in a cubicle. And this girl fits these lyrics so well. I mean, she's still alive and she's over 40. But, but you know, she's in a, an abusive relationship and she won't leave because she's afraid she'll never find anybody else. So she has to deal with that. And... That's the mentality of people like that. And this song emphasized it perfectly. Yeah, it, it's from a guy's point of view, I can tell, you know. Plus, you know, you have a guy singing it. But uh, it really is like, it, it, it's it's like a kid foreseeing his future, you know. Like, you know, okay, I, I'm going to, at least I got my diploma. You got to give him that, you know. But I think that's why, you know, I've lived way over 40, you know, and, uh, I haven't had no heart problems, and I've never been stressed because I sleep the mornings. I don't deal with traffic. I work very close to my job. I don't have to deal with a stress. I mean, yeah, there's some stress in life because nobody lives stress-free. It's just even Donald Trump or you know, a gazillionaire will have stress in their life. You can't escape stress, no matter. If you're a human, that's part of the package. But if you keep stress to a minimum, you know, you will... I think live longer, live a healthier life, and that's, you know, that's very much important, like inner peace, you know, and, and that's something a lot of people struggle with, is inner peace, and we see it, oh, fuck, do we see it online, and unfortunately, we see it mostly from real young kids, oh, I hate well, the world, and fuck the world, and this and that, and burn the churches, and that, 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 yeah, well, I mean, I think that the secret is chronic masturbation, I mean, just, just take time, chill and play with your pud or flick your bean or whatever you got to do kids fucking come come every once in a while and let that shit go well uh there's a double edged sword to that yes chronic masturbation is helpful but it's it's very bad to be a chronic masturbator to not ever touch your child you know what oh I mean? yeah well well get, well get laid as often as possible but yeah. if you can't if you can't find a release hey you're talking you're, you're preaching to the choir here bro <laughs> xhamster.com the way Oh, to go. dude, 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 dude. I've been on xhamster for years. Xhamster updates like a motherfucker. Yes, it do. I, yes, I it do. I, I can't oh. keep up with that shit. Oh, and, and, and the best thing you can do is, is download, uh, you, you know, you can save your favorites. You can download the shit straight to your phone. Uh, I haven't had any problems with viruses. Kids, xhamster is where to go. And if you can't find something that gets you off on X Hamster. You really got problems because whatever you're into, they got it. Anyway, and I, and I also have to bring up a very important part of this podcast: why we are the best, hands down. I don't know if you saw the ass lathering I gave this podcast today, but I did on the podcast page. And not only uh, you know we're honest and to the point, but we give you information of how not to get viruses by watching porn. Yeah. Yeah, you could go to Pornhub and fuck up your whole shit, man. No, go to X-Hamster. X-Hamster is the only way to go. And you want to know something awesome about X-Hamster? I don't know if you know if you saw this or not. You know on the right corner there's a little hamster? Yeah. Did you know when Lemmy died they turned that hamster into Lemmy? 
I did not see that. Yeah, they put a little hat and little warts on them and the little mustache. I, I did not see. I've seen them dressed up as Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny. Yeah, office. they they dressed him as Lemmy back oh. like a year ago from now, like around the time he passed away. Oh, I, I guess I was too depressed to to fucking beat my meat. Yeah, Damn. yeah, that's a true story. But yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, the next song is "Blow Me a Kiss." Uh, not bad. Uh, not not my favorite song. It does have some some good lyrics on it, but uh, I, I I think what it is at this point uh, musically too much similarities. So it's kind of like uh, I would have liked to. You know, lyrically it's flowing really good, but musically I would have liked a little bit of a change. Again, not not a bad song. I don't hate it. It just doesn't jump out of me after hearing you know four songs in a row now that all kind of sound the same music. What do you think? Uh, no, this is one. I, this is kind of a blemish on the album. I'm not really into it. I get the the lyrical content of the concept of the brutal planet. It's you know uh, a kid growing up gay, and you know the, the misery he feels because of uh, you know you know because they're looked down upon and this and that. And uh, but I think musically and lyrically, it's kind of I don't know reaching a little bit. But I do, I do respect its content of what it's trying to say. I just don't think it's executed as well as the other songs are when it comes to this album. I think this one is just, I don't know. And it's also, you know, uh, I think reaching to be kind of shocking. You know, it's like, yeah. blow me a kiss because I'm gay. I mean, it's like right, right out in the open, you know. And then blow me away. It's like, I mean, some little aspects are okay with it. It's like not, I don't really, again, like you, I don't think it's a terrible song, but I don't think it reaches the plateau of the awesomeness of most of the songs on this album. So this is the one blemish. There's two blemishes on this album, and this is the first one. Blow Me A Kiss well, is kind of like uh, my least favorite track, tied with another one. I, and one thing I wanted to point out is originally, uh, Alice wanted Bob Ezrin to produce this album. He wanted to get back with Bob, who he hadn't worked with since uh, Dada in 83. And uh, Bob, I, I don't know if he's like flat out turned him down or just said he was busy doing something else, but he turned him on to Bob Marlette. And this is the only song on the album that does have a, a co-writing credit with Bob Ezrin. It's Cooper, Bob Marlette, and Bob Ezrin. Well, there you go. Then I'm glad Bob Ezrin had nothing to do with it because I was extremely disappointed with it. Uh, Nightmare 2, and uh, I don't think Bob could have bettered this album. There you go. I didn't, I wasn't even aware he co-wrote this song. You see, did he co-write anything else on this album? No, 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 that's what I'm saying. This is the only, uh, every song on here was written. What the fuck is that? Yeah, unfortunately, they're doing construction work next oh. to it. Uh, every song on here is co-written with Alice and Bob Marlette, but there's two songs that have an additional songwriter. And, uh, and this is one of them with Bob Ezra. All right, they're here. Listen up. Hear this. Yeah! I opened a beer. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Stone okay. cold style. I won't be drunk for this episode, but fuck it. I felt like drinking a beer, so. And we're like almost at the halfway point, right? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Mm. All right, why don't you take the next one? What's the next one? All right, the next one is Eat Some More. Yeah. I like this song. I really like this song. Uh, 
I, I should have I wrote some more notes because I can't remember what I really like about this song, but I wrote down, I really like this one. But now, for what I think it's that drilling. I can't hear the song in my head. I'm sorry but, about that. Ah, oh, yeah, it's fucking fine. No, I just, I can't think of the... I, it, 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 you know, it's an industrial album, so that drill kind of adds to it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you because know, <laughs> you're, you're going to be hearing the music of this album under it, so people will be yes. thinking some kind of remix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, whoa, that sounds like pound cake. Hey, what is that? Is that the Bob Ezra production? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't remember what I liked about this song, but I like it. I really like it, apparently. What do you think? Fucking love it. This is a, this is a song I, you know, again, it's open for interpretation, I guess. I mean, not really, but what I get out of this song is that, um, this is a song about America, about the gluttony, you know, how we, we eat so much while other people are starving, uh, and we we just eat and eat and you know, it's glut. It's a song about gluttony. I guess you know because of the, what do they call that? Like, remember the movie Seven? Gluttony was one of the things. What was it? Uh, sloth. So, uh, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah gluttony's a, a, a sin too. It, it's yeah, but in, in the Bible it has. There's a word for those sins, like you know, the seven sins, whatever. Seven deadly sins. There you go. So this is one of the. That's what I get from it, and it's so. Man, it has that real dark Black Sabbath-y vibe to it, and you can almost feel like like fly, flies buzzing during the song, like, like you know, like you know, 50 pounds of rotten meat, all spoiling in the heat, you know, moldy bread, while billions are unfed. You know, people are starving, and here we throw away food. You know, it's one thing my mom never drilled into my head as a little kid. I never throw away food, ever. If there's any food left, I'll give it to the cats at work. Or I'll put some use to it. Even fucking bones, dude. If I eat chicken, I get the bones and take them to work and give them to the cats. You know? But um, but th that's not the way it is here. I mean, uh, I probably mentioned this before. I know I must. I tell this story to everybody because, you know, I'm a broken record. I'm kind of like Mark Allen Taylor. At least, you know, I... I I, my, my records are entertaining, but um, I was homeless. I think I told this story, right, in, in L.A.? No, I don't think so. Okay, I, I was homeless for a little while in L.A. Didn't last long. With the tail between my legs, I had my parents pay for me to come back. But before I swallowed my pride and called my parents, I used to go to this place called Fat Burger. It was on Roosevelt Avenue on uh, in L.A., near the Strip, actually not far from the Strip. And I used to go in the dumpster of um, a fat burger and flick ants off burgers. People would throw away like burgers with like two bites or half eaten burgers and stuff like that. I would eat that shit because I was starving, you know? And, uh, and, 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 and around the world there's people that have no fucking food. People just eat a couple bites and throw away. Shit, if I eat a fucking bite of a burger, I'm like, oh man, I'm full, I don't wanna eat it. I'll put that shit in the fridge, you know? But, you know, I, I think that's what this song's about. This song is about uh, gluttony, pe Americans that eat too much, and it has that real dark, dark sound to it, and it sounds so, you know, it's evil. It's just an evil fucking song about eating too much, you know, and uh, the hypocrisy of, you know, there's certain parts of the world, this brutal planet, where we have too much to eat, and other places have nothing to eat, you know? So I think that's a great aspect to throw into 
the evils of this planet, how there's certain segments of this planet that don't have it like we do. People are dying of starvation while we're dying of, 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 of clogged heart arteries from eating too much greasy food. You know what I mean? Love it. This is a great fucking song. Amazing song. Alrighty. Well, speaking of bones, why don't you talk about the next one? Pick up the bones. Oh, man. This one's fucking awesome, too. This song, uh, I get the vibe of like a war-torn city, you know, of, um, you know, like somebody coming out of the rubble and, uh, you know, and finding their family members. Like, now what are the lyrics? It's like, um, oh, man, wait, I'm going to look it up for a second. I'll edit this part out. There's some real deep ass lyrics. Alright. You know, the lyrics is collecting pieces of my family in an old pillar pillowcase. This one has a skull, but it doesn't have a face. This looks like the arms of my father so strong, and the rings on this finger means my grandmother's gone. Here's some legs in a pile where my sister once played. Here's some mud made of blood. And these teeth are decayed. The ear of my brother, the hand of my friend, and I just can't put them back together again. Dude, that's so brutal. And that does happen, dude. I mean, you know, you know, we're very, very like, uh, uh, you know, like really, we don't really see what's going. I mean, we see it here and there, but we really don't know the plight of people that are that you know that that their family's blown up right in front of them i mean imagine you know your your loved ones are just killed right in front of you and you live to to see it you know it's like really fucked up for the brain for the psyche and you know it's like you know the scars on my skin some bullets on my back and the ghost in the wind you know it's like it's it's a real brutal another great subject for the brutal planet how war really i mean you can't, I don't think there's anything more brutal in the planet than this. This may be the most brutal plot subject of all the subjects on here, is actually seeing your loved ones blown to bits. And um, and not having your mother or father, or, or fathers and mothers seeing their kids blown up. And it's just very brutal. And again, the song, the music of this song matches the darkness of the subject and uh, you know, the demons with the guns who marched through this place, killing everything that breathed there an inhuman race. Like a good a good way to see something like that, watch that last Rambo movie. It shows a lot of that shit going on. But I love it. I love Pick Up the Bones. And it's very dark and mellow and 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 very heartfelt. I love it. What do you think? Oh, I love it too. And uh, that's what I, I love musically. I like it because it changes up a little bit. I wouldn't go so far as to call this a ballad, but definitely like a dirge. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't know. say ballad. I'm more like a mid-tempo, a little slower than the rest. Right, right. But uh, definitely, it's, a, it's a, you know, like a, a little different flavor on this album where, you know, a lot of it all, you know, tastes the same, at least musically. Uh, this throws a little something different at you, and I think it just... It makes it stand out all that more, you know, and, and you, you put the great lyrics on top of it. Really makes it stand out. Great fucking track. Amazing. Uh, and uh, and probably because it's so great, it makes the next one sound 
that much shittier. Uh, next one is Pessimistic. And uh, this is my least favorite song on the album. Uh, and another one that features a co, uh, another co-write besides Cooper and Bob Marlette. Has a co-writing credit from Brian Nelson, who hardcore motherfuckers will know as Renfield. Uh, he was Alice Cooper's personal assistant for years. He has since passed away. But uh, but he got a co-write on this. and He seemed like a really cool dude, but uh, yeah, this song uh, really does nothing for me at all. What do you think, Ralph? Well, Ian, I have to agree with you. This is my least favorite, along with uh, that other one. But Blow Me a Kiss. This one's, I think, even worse than Blow Me a Kiss. This one is garbage. This is definitely, uh, uh, you know, I, I give this album a solid 10 song-wise. This one, I would barely give a two. You know, it's... Wow. I mean, barely. Just barely. Uh, so, I don't like no, this No, I just mean, I, I can't believe our, we have the same two least favorite songs in this album because I really thought you were going to hate something I love. But, uh, wow, that surprised me. Pleasantly surprised. And it's very rare, because I usually I love everything you hate. Right. <laughs> and vice versa. You know, I, you know, I mean, all kidding aside, I do really do hate cock. <laughs> really? But, yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, yeah, this is a song. I'm very pessimistic when it comes to this song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like it. I'm pessimistic. I'm serialistic. Whatever the fuck it says. It's one I would always skip too. I skipped it today too. I heard some of it and I was like, oh, I remember I not liking this one. And right. uh, yeah, those are the two. The rest of it I love. The spoiler alert, I don't give a fuck. But uh, even the Marilyn Manson ripoff, which we'll get to, and I'll explain to you why I like that one. And boy, is that a ripoff. Yeah. It really was one. But yeah, I don't like this one at all. What's next after this? The next song is Gimme. Why don't you give me your opinion? I fucking love Gimme. Gimme is so awesome. And Gimme was actually a grower. Because I didn't really get it at first. It wasn't until I saw that terrible music video. Did you see this video for this song? It's so I don't know. I, I might, because I've got the Brutal Planet Live DVD. And yeah, I don't it, know. Com it comes on. It's a bonus. Yeah, album. then I've probably seen it and just forgot about There's it. There's actually another video they made for this album that's not on that DVD, which is unfortunate. But, uh, I mean, this video's okay at spots, but then it shows a boy band dancing, and it becomes really stupid. But what's awesome about this song, and of course, you know, Alice, Alice throws in this into his equation of a brutal planet, because as we all know, Alice Cooper's uh, born again. He's religious. Right. So this song is about the devil uh, coming up to you and saying, you want fame and fortune? I'll give it to you. You know, anything you want, I am your friend. I'm your only friend. You know, and Alice Cooper has said that in interviews, how the devil is not this guy with horns and ugly. He's like your best friend. He's the greatest used car salesman, dressed really nice, and he'll sell himself to you when you think, you know, oh, this guy's awesome. You know, it's not going to be a guy with a fucking tail and, and a pitchfork and stuff like that. And that's what this song's about. And in the, in the video, Alice plays together. Like going up to all these, uh, you see the boy bands are all lined up. And he's walking up to him going, I'll give you all your desires, this and that. And, uh, you know, and, and it's awesome. Like, I give you fame and fortune to sell your soul to me. Basically is what the song says. And it says it so perfectly, you know. I am your only friend. It's like he's trying to convince you that nobody cares about you but him. And it's so... I don't know, man. It really does. Uh, 
it's very convincing to me how he like delivers it in the song. Sure, I have my doubts. I can't say that, you know, I know you're not religious at all, but you know, I'm kind of on the fence of it. I'm just not sure. But at the same time, you know, there's a part of me that doesn't believe it either. But I love the concept of it. But you know, like like the great movie Phantom of the Paradise. This is pretty much like Phantom of the Paradise. Like Faust. This is right. like this is Faust done to heavy music and uh, it's great. And the music, uh, the video is less to be desired, but you also gotta understand at this time, Alice Cooper was on Spitfire Records. Yes. Some Bobo record company that released a lot of great albums, though, by the way. But sure. they really didn't have the money to back a killer video, you know. But, they, you know, they work with what they got. And I guess the video's okay for what it is, but it doesn't match the awesomeness of the song. I love Gibby. It's a great fucking track. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I think it's funny you mentioned he was on Spitfire because, uh, you know, we, we lived through seeing all the bands we love lose their you know their major label support and then a lot of them would go to CMC records that they used to call Cheesy Metal Cemetery <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that was on CMC and then a lot of those bands when that went belly up they went to Spitfire there was a lot of good artists that were signed to Spitfire but uh, I don't hate this song but I think it is a piss poor choice for being the single off this album and uh, I mean, because there's one song in particular, I think if it would have been released off this record, uh, I think it would have blown up the same way Trash did with Poison. I, I really, in my heart of hearts, believe in the year 2000, if that song would have went to radio, Alice would have blew up the fuck again like he did with Poison. You know, not that I think Poison's all that great, but I mean, you were there, you know. I mean, he he was really. Aside from touring, he was nothing sales-wise, or, or on, you know, he wasn't on MTV all that much, but man, when Poison came out, you heard Alice everywhere. And there's, and there's another song, I think, on this that could have done that for him, but this is not the song. Again, not horrible, but who, who chose this shit? You know, was this Alice? Was this the record company? Uh, I don't know. Well, and uh, it's funny, the B-side was Brutal Planet, I think Brutal Planet would have done better than this song. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think it is a good choice to say, but it just was a bad time for Alice Cooper, or any act like that in general. You know, 2000, if you weren't like, you know, yo, 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 doing that shit in your song, you didn't have a chance in, in heavier, quote-unquote, heavier type music. Well, but yeah. but I It's mean, a grower, too, because this is a song I didn't get at first. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I was down a couple times before... Uh, before we did the review and like I said I don't hate the song but there's something else on here I just think would have blew the fuck up because I mean there was really two types of music this time uh, you know I mean yeah you did have the Limp biscuit and, and, and that kind of shit in the corn but you also had shit like the Static X and Power Man 5000 that were real big that had the same kind of musical structure without the rap and there's a song coming up here that I, I think would have blew the doors. I mean, I really think it would have. I, I don't think that song, that, those bands did anything for me. Right, right, no. But what I'm saying though is they were on the radio though. You know, with with yeah. with, with you know hooky choruses because that's what it was all about back then. I mean, was definitely the chorus. <laughs> you know, had to have something that stuck in your head because the music really wasn't doing it. 
You know, you had to have some kind of chorus you could sing. And there's well, if, if you're thinking of the song I'm thinking of, uh, I absolutely love that song, but I don't think it stood a chance in hell at that time. But I okay. love that song. If you're thinking of the song I'm thinking of, which well, was the second video from the album. Well, we, we, we shall see. Uh, but yeah, not a bad song, but uh, not a single. You're wrong! Okay, bye. Next. All right, the next one. It's The Little Things. Uh, not bad. This is definitely another one of those where uh, I, I think it's saved by the lyrics. Because the, 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 lyri the lyrics are pretty funny. I like where he bitches about the chick. Uh, you know, she talks during the movies. You know, that's going to be yeah. the, the thing that sets them off. And I love that. It's a little, you know, just it's a little things that piss you off. Yeah. And you can you can even go back to like you know what we're talking about with the Columbine shit. You know, it could have been. Uh, it's probably one of those littlest things that happened that really lit the fuse. You know, and uh, but he he does it in, in, in a in a humorous way, but it's not like a, it's not like a comedy song. But you know, he does bring up some some funny instances. But you can see where that could just set somebody off. Uh, I, I I dig little things. What do you think? Well, again, I was wrong because I thought this was a song you meant was going to blow up. Now I'm curious to see what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, this this song to me, lyrically, is total classic Alex Cooper. Like the very, like the menacing humor, like, you can steal my car and drive it in the lake. You, st you can stick me in the oven and put it on bake. You can throw a big brick through my window pane. But if I ever hear you asking how I got my name. That shit's so cool, dude. It's like, it's the little thing. Yeah, you can do all this horrible shit to them, but those little tiny things will fucking set them off. Well, well see, I, I, I love that, and I do agree it's it's classic Alice, Alice lyrically, but I think it would have been seen as, as too corny to be a hit on the radio. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. But yeah, you know, they didn't think that with, a, you know, I can drive my car and I ain't got a license, you know, that stupid song. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, but you saw where that went, too. It just seems like, it seems like, you, you know, your uncle telling you a joke and grabbing your arm and shaking you until you laugh. You know, we, we get it because we like Alice. Yeah. But if you're trying to convert a young kid, like, as to why this fucking 40 or 60-year-old is cool, you're not going to do it with, with, like, hey, I got your nose, I got your nose. <laughs> you know, one of those jokes where we'll, we're old enough to appreciate it. But, uh... I don't know how you can't laugh with, you can poison my cat, baby, I don't care, but if you talk in the movies, I'll kill you right there. That's I just, love that. That's so cool, dude. It's I love funny. It. It's funny. Well, uh, why don't you take the uh, the official ballad of the album? Oh, you mean hey. Only Women Bleed Part 2? Sure. Yeah, well, part, part, part 2, you're being generous. Oh, yeah, like Part 16, I'm sorry. <laughs> this one is such a blatant ripoff of Only Women because it's about the plight of a woman, like a woman that is abused. And uh, But I, I really love this song. I think it's a beautiful song. Uh, Alice, I always liked Alice Ballads for some reason. You know, some are a little hokey, like Millie and Billy, but but some, you know, I, I, I really loved. And this one I love, even though it is him repeating himself, uh, I can hang. I, I You know, it's not one of my favorites off the album. But because of that, but I think it's a beautiful ballad, beautiful. It's just him singing about only only women bleed again. He just do it again and, and again, throw it in the concept of 
how women are, you know, treated differently on this planet, uh, you know, as far as abused women. What I was talking about earlier about the, the chick that works in a cubicle. You know, you know right. there's girls that you take it like a woman. That's what she does. She takes it like a woman. But she also, in reality, she takes it like a fucking idiot. Because seriously, man, if a guy, once a guy hits you, it's over. This song, man. I'll tell you what, if there's one thing I fucking hate is when a man writes a song uh, from a woman's point of view and it's about the plight of a woman. Wah, wah, wah. So you would think I really hate this fucking song. But I digress. It's in my top fucking three. It's actually, I would say, probably in my top 15 all-time Alice Cooper songs. I think it is a fucking masterpiece. And, you know, you know, fuck uh, goddamn November Rain, all that bullshit. You want a powerful fucking ballad. It's this. And I fucking, I, I think I'm, I probably like it better than Only Women Bleed. Even though it's kind of a rehash, I, I think he just nails it out of the park with this one. Uh, I love the lyrics. I love the music. I love the way he sings it. And uh, and I even love, uh, you know, he always has his little twists that he takes. You know, everybody always says, ah, take it like a man. Take it like a man. He's saying, take it like a woman. When, when you think about it, they take more of a pounding than we do. <laughs> you know? Fucking, you know, they, they got periods. They got to give birth to kids. Or, you know, get beat when they burn dinner. You know? <laughs> they're They're tougher than us. You know? So, yeah, take a look. No, that, that is true, man. Chicks have it rough. Chicks yeah, do have it yeah. rough. We have it so easy compared yeah. to them. Yeah, and if you think about it, no wonder they're fucking assholes. Yeah, you know, look at all this shit they got to take. You know, and I, you know, I, I peed a rock out of my dick, and I'm like, ow. It's like, dude, they're like, Pleh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, but, you know, passing the stones, like from your kidney to your bladder, or wherever the fuck it goes, I've had women tell me, more than once, say it was more painful than giving birth. And I've been there, so I know, you know, uh, real pain that chicks go through, like, regularly. I went through it, like, once one year, and God, I, I wish I never go through that shit again. You know, I mean, you know, try being like one of my old ladies, always got a black eye, because when you make that Swanson hungry man dinner, the dessert's never right. I don't care if you follow directions, it never comes out right. And I get mad. Yeah. But, uh... I love this fucking song. I love it, love it, love it. One of his best ballads ever. Incredible. All right. Well, then I'll take it into the last song. Holy which... fuck. This is the song you think should have been a single? Oh, my God. It is the best fucking song on the album. Hands down. Wow. The, ke the catchiest fucking song. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, this would have been all over fucking radio. And I'd really like to hear some feedback from you know other people who you know either already like this album or gave it a listen to you know that that make it through all the tracks and shit let me know what you think because i think cold machines told especially at that time when manson was big and it does rip off you know the you know the beautiful people riff but man that fucking quarter that you don't know my name you don't know my number. Oh, man, just the way he sings that shit, fucking awesome, dude. It's it's so memorable and, and epic, epic way to close the fucking album. I can't believe 
you don't agree. You don't think that would have been a fucking all over the radio back then? I think this song would have damaged Alice Cooper beyond his hands. Because because of the the rip yeah, off. Because people would have been like, oh, what a fucking like you know, it would have done to him what Kingdom Come did with Led Zeppelin. You know, it's just too blatantly of a rip off. But but saying that. I love this way more than Beautiful People. It's a much better song. He took what Marilyn Manson did, did it better. Just like you said, he did with uh, Only Women Bleed and made it better with uh, right. you know, Take It Like a Woman. I feel the same exact way. I love this song. And the only thing that pisses me off is I wish it wasn't. I wish he would have done this before Beautiful People came out. Then I would agree with you that it would have been a huge, huge hit. But I think it's just too close. To beautiful people to be a hit. I think if it would have came out, it would have been laughable. Uh, I think he, he would have took some shit, but what I love it is the chorus is so good on this, yeah. and so strong. I, I, I think that that could have been a, a tipping factor. Uh, and I was really surprised that he didn't even play this live on this tour. Well, and, and, and the subject too. Like, fuck beautiful people, dude. I'm sorry, Marilyn Manson fans, but that's some emo shit. Oh, we're ugly, but hey, hey, no, we're actually beautiful. Look, let me dress ugly and put on some steel teeth and be as ugly as possible so I can be all cutting edge and show people that ugly is beautiful. That's emo shit. What Alice Cooper's talking about this is humans in a fucking assembly line, like fucking with chips in their fucking brains, like we're fucking part of a fucking, you know, like, kind of like how it is. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to put chips in us to punch into work and for, for... you know, there's already talk of shit like that, like, you know, like, uh, IDs will be in your fingers. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it already is at my job without putting a chip in me. I have to type in this thing and put my finger in this little uh, glass thing that reads my fingerprint, you know? And that's right. pretty much, you know, again, it's like the, the, the lyrics to the song, Cold Machine, yeah, it's a fucking machine that, that like, we're the assembly line going in and you know we're just like robots to this big god that's really a computer you know and uh i think it's dark as fuck the music matches it much better than the beautiful being bad the beautiful dude that's just uh, i don't like marilyn manson at uh, all at all i don't like him at all never did and uh i i unfortunately saw marilyn manson and the spooky kids Way back at Churchill's when it was just Marilyn Manson and a drum machine. And yep. uh, and and then my favorite band back then was in Boogalard, which featured Gordy on rhythm guitar, who turned into Twiggy. And I'll never forget when my friend said, hey, Gordy left in Boogalard and joined in Marilyn Manson. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? He left the band that's going to become huge to this guy. It's never going to pass anything. What is that wrong? There's a lot of people I love Marilyn Manson. There's a lot of girls I know that worship that guy. And they're awesome chicks. And there's awesome people that love Marilyn Manson. Again, I love Marilyn Manson. And then there's you that likes Marilyn Manson. <laughs> but you see, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. The, the point of the matter is that all you fucking idiots are getting upset with me. Dude, I, I like you. I just don't like the artists. I like bands. not I hate fan, bands, not fans. So Marilyn Manson to me has always been a fucking idiot, a jerk off, a fucking guy that's just does everything for fame and uh and oh let me shove shit up my ass to get a reaction oh let me do this to get a reaction alice cooper never had to do that 
Alice Cooper kept it like menacing, like the, the superhero. It was kind of staged. It wasn't, but Marilyn Manson's like, okay, let me see what I can do to get into the headlines and shit like that. You know, he tries to be fucking hard. His music is abysmal. I'm sorry. Fuck uh, mechanical animals and, and portrait of a family. Even though that one song was okay, um, Sodomy and Cake, that was okay. I, I, see, I can admit, you know, Sodomy and Cake was okay. For yeah. Him. White trash, get down on your knees. Yeah. Time for Cake and Sodomy. Sodomy. Yeah, you see, I mean, again, I can appreciate a U2 song that I can't stand. I can appreciate some song from artists I can't stand. So, I, you know, I'll tell you as it is. I can't stand Marilyn Manson. I've known him back in the club days, and there was many times Marilyn Manson would open for bands or headline over bands where I would actually go to the show and leave before he would go on. Because I've seen enough of it. I saw it two or three times and I was like, okay, enough of this shit. And yeah, the, the, the time I saw him without the drum machine, he had to show off his little wiener, which was not cool. So, so Alice Cooper took what Marilyn Manson did with beautiful people and made it fucking dark, killer, and authentic to my ears. Maybe not your ears. Maybe y'all, you know, are ugly motherfuckers that want to feel beautiful. I don't know, but all I know is Marilyn Manson tapped into, he's a genius, and I'll give him that, he's a fucking genius, he tapped into the the deprived and and, and emo, ugly ass people, and, and really hot chicks too, I mean a lot, I mean you wouldn't believe the, um, the amount of hot chicks that love Marilyn Manson, it's, it's mind blowing. Well, what's funny is, I remember when, uh, when Portrait of American Family came out, and I just, uh, you know, I saw the cover and I was like, huh, you know, this might be something I'm into. Because I was always into, like, shock rock kind of shit. And a buddy of mine worked at a record store. He goes, no, don't get it. It's fucking horrible. It's horrible. You know, and then I heard the single for uh, Sweet Dreams. I'm like, that's kind of cool, kind of different. And then when they blew up with, with Antichrist, it was his fans that turned me off at first. Uh, you know, and I was like, oh, God, these kids with lunchboxes. And I'm like, oh, this is so fucking gay. This is terrible. But I, I decided to go see him live because I ended up buying the album. I was like, what the fuck? And I really dug it. Once I saw him live, like, I'm, I'm not talking about with the drum machine. I'm talking about when he was big. Uh, man, it, it totally changed everything for me. And then slowly I started taking other people who hated him. Hated him. Like, come on, you, you got to go see it live. Everybody I took to go see him live ended up becoming a fan. You know, it, it, you know the big day. I still say the the greatest show I've ever seen was uh, the Mechanical uh, Animals tour. As far as seeing a show, amazing, amazing. Right. Well, I saw Antichrist Superstar for free, and it sucked. But visually, it, you know, it was kind of cool. I came out in the stilts, and uh, and you know the little podium and all that shit. But musically, it just it just doesn't yeah. speak to me at all. Yeah, but no, I, I, I can get that, though. You know, that, you know, to an extent, I'm the same way as you. I mean, I, I can disagree with anybody on anything except fucking Samuel Horatio Hagar. Now, that's... I, I, hate, I hate the band. I hate the fans. I hate all you motherfuckers. You know, but other than that, hey, if you don't like Manson, I get it. Hey, that's fine. You know, I, I ain't gonna lose no sleep. Ain't gonna bother me, but you like Sammy Hagar, then we got a fucking problem. Well, I, I'm different than you to an extent because sometimes, uh, man, I have to agree with you, man, because some Sammy Hagar fans, I mean, all I have to do is, you know, some guy will write on Facebook, Sammy rules, and, blah, and then some other guy goes, 
Ah, Sammy sucks. And then I'll join in going, yeah, I don't like Sammy either. And then that guy has to attack me. I go, dude, I didn't say shit to you. The fuck? So yeah, for the most part, Sammy Hagar fans do suck. And uh, we have our, our, our mutual acquaintance online that actually admitted to me that he was very bothered by me not liking Sammy Hagar, that he took, that's why he keeps with his, that's why he got banned from our page. That's why he constantly says on his podcast over and over again, how he loves <laughs> Sammy Hagar, because he really does feel like by him saying all that shit, is him getting back to us not liking Sammy Hagar, which is the epitome of a lot of Hagar fans I experience online. They're just fucking retarded, man. And it's oh. not, you know, it's like you could be a fan of any other band and act that way, and I'll still feel the same that you're a putz, you're a dickwad. Fuck you. He, he should be the poster boy for Sammy Hagar. I mean, seriously, like the next Sammy album should have him on the fucking cover. Because that's, that's all the motherfuckers rolled up into one. All right, well, that is our opinion of this album. Uh, released June 6, 2000. Once again, like we said, produced by Bob Marlett. And, uh, man, it really is, uh, uh, I don't know if you could say forgotten because people would have to hear it to forget it. Uh, this really went under a lot of people's radar. The band at this time is, is worth mentioning. He had Ryan Roxy on guitar. Great guitar who, who was with him for a long time. He's been in a lot of bands. He's kind of like a, you know, he was around for like the fourth wave of the hair metal bands and really kind of kept playing shit like Beautiful Creatures and shit throughout the 90s. Uh, I don't think he's still with Alice, is he? No. Okay, yeah. He's, he was with, with, he's with Night Ranger now. Oh, that's right. That's right. He was with them for a long time, though. And the other guitar player on this is Phil X, who is now taking the place of Richie Sambora in Bon Jovi. I did not know that. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, drums were played by Eric Singer, who needed a job after Kiss kicked his ass to the curb. And he did a and really great job on this album, by the way. What kind of turned me off, you know, was when they did this album, he did dress up like Dennis Dunaway, yeah, which I thought was, was, was pretty creepy. It was uh, a sign bass, of what was to come. Yeah. Uh, bass was played, bass and keyboards were played by producer Bob Marlette. Uh, I would definitely recommend you, man, you made it this far throughout the episode, man. Check the album out, whether you're a fan or not. Uh, and, and then let us know uh, what you agree with and what you don't agree with. But uh, both Ralph and I love this fucking album. I don't know how uh, the reception's going to be for this episode, but the ones who did listen to it, please check it out and yeah. get back to us. Hey, you heard it under us. That shit sounds badass. That's right. All right. Well, now it's time to go into Pick of the Week. Ralph, do you have a Pick of the Week? Yeah, I do. All and right. I, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this one, but... That's why I don't have to. I know. Uh, I really do like El Sexo Cisco. The White yes. Zombie album. I think that's oh, a great album. Their best album. No, see, we're going to disagree. Oh, okay. I think they surpassed it with the next one. Astro Crew 2000 is fucking awesome. I think that album is just great. Electric Head, More Human, Electric Charger. What was the second yeah. one? You know, the Devil Man, Electric yeah. Charger, whatever it's called. Uh, I, I love Blood, Milk, and Sky. It's amazing, too. Dude, that, that whole album is really good. And I think they... they uh, I know it wasn't their second album because the first one's like unheard of. But right, right, right. You know, I guess you can't call it they, they stumped the, the sophomore jinx, but 
boy, to me, they surpass um, El Sexo Sisto. Uh, there was a lot more put into this album. Uh, and I think it's a great fucking album. That is my pick of the week. White Zombies, Astro Creek, 2000. Nice. Well, I, I mean, I, I do love the album. No two ways around it. I prefer the Sex and Sisto, but, uh, man, they're both great. Can't go wrong. Uh, way better than his solo shit. That's for damn sure. That's where you uh, and, uh, and And my pick, I know you're going to hate, because <laughs> it's Marilyn Manson. Nice. And uh, the album I'm picking is one... Uh, Sometimes this is my favorite, sometimes it's not, but I think it's a great starting point uh, if, if, you're, if you're not a fan, because I think it mixes a lot of different genres, and that's mechanical animals. I mean, there's some shit that would have sounded, you know, would have been imperfect with uh, Antichrist, and then there's also some very, like, you know, Bowie-esque type shit, some glam rock type shit, and just some weird out, tripped out shit. Uh, I, I think it's a great album. And uh, so calculated. Hey, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can see where you're going with that, but it, it worked. And the main thing with me is is the music. I, I love the songs. I love every song on that album. And I, I do like that it's all over the place. Because uh, you know, it, you know, some bands can can do you know the ACDC and some can't. You know, so I like that there's all kinds of different sounds. In fact, anything. The album we just reviewed, if there's any bitch, it's too much of it sounds the same musically. Um, where Mechanical Animals is all over the place, and I think it's a fine, fine album. Alright, well now we go into Fan of the Week. And Fan of the Week this week is Chad Rivera. Chad is, uh, I'm not exactly sure how new he is to the page, but he's new on my radar. But I keep seeing him posting. And that's what I always ask for you guys, man. If you're going to join, join. We've had so many people lately uh, join the page. Record numbers. I've never seen this many people all at once joining. But, uh, again, you know, you get people who just join and then never, never come back. Well, Chad's not one of those. He keeps posting. And very proud. Chad, you are a fan of the week. Make sure you keep spreading the word about the show. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Chad, you are our fan of the week. All right, cool. All right, let's get to the plugs. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it, don't be a cunt. Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watch It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, 
underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sims Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Well, if you enjoyed this cooptastic episode, and we know you did, even you, Justin Childers, quit fucking whining. Brutal planet. That's what we call your mother's ass, because you can see that shit from outer space. Ouch! Yes! But anyway... Don't talk about his sister that way. (laughs) She's my sister. She's my mother. She's my sister. She's my mother. Watch Chinatown, you fucking kids. Anywho, come back next week. When uh, the other half, the, the, the surviving half of Wham, Andrew Ridgely joins us with his new George Michael, Bobby Blotzer. <laughs> you mean Bobby Blotzer's going to be like the, 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 the lead singer now? Well, he's never going to dance again, and he's never going to play for Rad again, so he's got to do something. <laughs> That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Uh, wake me up. Before I go blow at a guy at a man's toilet. Rest in peace, George. I heard the men's room's going to be his mausoleum now. (laughs) But I'm being. Rest in peace. Oh, and also my condolences to all the brand new fans he made after he died. Oh, I always loved George Michael. Look, he's not my profile picture. Fucking posers. Good night, everybody.